I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rivals is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everyone, this is Rivals, the show about music beefs and feuds and long-simming resentments. I'm Steve. And I'm Jordan. You know, Jordan, one of the things I really love about this show is that not only do we get to talk about great artists and great bands, we get to talk about wonderful people. You know, people with, with, with good hearts and, and great minds. And Unfortunately, we're not going to be doing that in this episode. No, no. Today is not one of those days. This is not a feel-good day. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to maybe take a shower after this episode. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm feeling already sleazy uh, after all the research that we did into this and, and, and listening to the volleys that went back and forth between these two artists. It, it, I, I, this is not going to be the episode I play for my mother. Let's just put it that way. No, but on the upside, we will get to basically battle rap with each other. So that's that's something to look forward to. <laughs> that's true. I feel like we've been building towards a battle rap uh, <laughs> over these episodes. There's been tension building. And, you know, sometimes just to have a good battle rap, it it it, uh, it could be cathartic. Yeah, this is the uh, season so finale. Maybe we'll finally have that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, we're, we're going to be talking about the rivalry between Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, this is not one of the great rap feuds of all time. I, I feel like in a way you could maybe even argue that this is the sign that rap feuds are, are, are played out, maybe. You, know, you talk about the 90s, you had all these great beefs between rappers. Of course, you had Biggie and Tupac, you had Jay-Z and Nas, all down the line. And when you get to the end of the line, you have Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. Right? Does it feel that way to you? It seems like he's picking a fight. Machine Gun Kelly's picking a fight just for publicity, in my opinion. But also, 
it seems like Eminem's this guy who doesn't know when to not fight back, to not feed the trolls, to really not give in to this. Because it, it, as we'll get into, he reignited a feud from like six years earlier for seemingly no reason. So, yes, this is one of the more pointless feuds I think we'll get into. But there is something fascinating in just how random it all seems. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the gap of time. It's the fact that one person is Eminem. <laughs> arguably one of the, I mean, not arguably, he is one of the most famous rappers of all time. And the other guy is Machine Gun Kelly. Who is Machine Gun Kelly? Enough said there. You know, this is not one of the great sort of balanced matchups. No. This is not a culture clash of the ages. This is... No. and it, it, Yeah, this is not two great artists going into the rap ring to, you know, measure their skills against one another. This is a very famous guy. And, well, it also ran. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to call Machine Gun Kelly and also ran. But because of their... Opposing characteristics, as you said, Eminem's almost Pavlovian need to have conflict. And then Machine Gun Kelly, who is just a troll, basically, and, and, and wants attention. It results in this perfect storm, or I don't really want to use the word perfect to describe anything in this rivalry. Let's just call it a uh, imperfect, perfect ball of sleaze and <laughs> grossness. A tornado of bile. <laughs> tornado of bile. And it's resulting in what we're going to talk about today. So without further ado, let's dive into this mess. All right. Well, first, you got to start with Eminem. I mean, what can you say? One of the greatest MCs of his generation or probably any other generation. And it's still fair to say that, right? I mean, I feel like Eminem, like the bloom is off the rose with him a little bit, you know, especially now we look at some of the things he said in the early 2000s. It's politically incorrect to to put it mildly, but I mean, I feel like you still have to give him props for his skills, right? I mean, I, I there's still records of his that I enjoy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from his narratives to even just like his his put downs and asides, he's incredibly skilled at both. He's rapid, he's fluid, he, he's got a really, in my opinion, unparalleled mix of commercial success and critical acclaim. It's won an Oscar, for God's sakes, which is still nuts to me. I think that love him or hate him, you can't really argue with his uh, with his success. And he also has the myth behind him because, you know, we're, we're talking about his bio here, but we all know he's from Detroit. For those of you who haven't seen 8 Mile. Yeah, I was going to say, did he actually grow up near 8 Mile Road? Is that for real? I think that that's for real. Movie? Yeah, I know. I, in my head, I kind of blend the movie plot with his actual biography, but I think that part's real. So tell us more about his background. Well, he started rapping in high school, and he, he started joining freestyle battles as a teen. And it was predominantly a uh, an African-American community, but he was accepted just by his raw talent alone, and he was recruited to join several hip-hop collectives, groups like the New Jack, Soul Intent, and most notably D12. And, um, and that was kind of how he first started cutting his teeth. And he released his first album called Infinite in 1996. And it didn't really do a lot. It had some underground recognition, but didn't blow up in any stretch. Um, but then he endured a series of uh, personal setbacks. He split up with his girlfriend, Kim, with whom he had his beloved daughter, Hallie. Um, he moved in with his mother and fell into a spiral of substance abuse and depression. I, I think he, he uh, attempted suicide at this point. Uh, and it was during this dark period, this sort of dark night of the soul, that he developed his famous alter ego, Slim Shady, which has basically been described as his sort of like dark id, basically an outlet for his rage and anger. And violent imagery became Slim's hallmark. And this informed his verses on um, his next uh, his next work, the Slim Shady EP. 
And that got him a lot of attention. That earned him a contract from Interscope Records. And Jimmy Iovine put him in touch with uh, Dr. Dre, hip-hop legend, obviously, who would become his mentor. And the result was the Slim Shady LP in 1999, his first global smash with My Name Is. Uh, huge, huge, absolutely just monster record, both sales-wise and just in the cultural conversation, people didn't know what to make of this guy. I mean, just the the, the yeah, rage, it, the venom. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's hard to, in a way, you feel like you're overstating like how big Eminem was at this time, you know, especially for people that weren't alive at the time or maybe too young to remember it. But you're right. It was this cultural earthquake at a time where it's that weird time, like before the internet and social media really took over and where... MTV and the radio had outsized influence on like what people heard. And I remember when Eminem first came around, I was in college and I was still watching a lot of MTV at that point. And I feel like Hi My Name Is, you know, like his first big single was literally on TV every 15 minutes. You know, if it wasn't every 15 minutes, it was every 20 minutes. I mean, it just seemed like he was set up to be a star from the first time you heard about him. Like they were treating him like he was already the biggest thing on the planet. And he pretty much became that. Yeah, I mean, the Marshall Mathers LP followed in 2000. And between those two albums, just, I think they both were diamonds. They definitely both were, were number one for a number of weeks. They, I think um, Marshall Mathers LP sold two million copies in its first two weeks alone. And just to put that in perspective, it's a month into, a month after uh, his latest album, Music to be Murdered By, has been out and he's only sold 100,000. So, I mean, just incredible sales. But as you said, the cultural conversation around him was just, it was everywhere. I mean, he's not only taking shots at huge stars of the day, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Will Smith, Insane Clown Posse. I think Sync was in there. He's, he's just dissing everybody. But just the violent visions and total tonnage of his outrage on these albums was just shocking. It was absolutely shocking to to everyone. I mean, he, he'd reconciled with uh, with Kim at this point, and he raps about killing her. He has a song about his mother called Kill You. Um, just things that, that re- he really had a, 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 an uncanny knack for offending everybody. Um, but his talent uh, sort of let him get away with it in some ways. Well, we also have to mention the song Stan, oh, which yeah. is maybe the most culturally lasting song from that record. It's just in terms of the lexicon, I don't know if he invented Stan as a name for an, an obsessive fan, but it was certainly popularized by that song. And now people just say Stan all the time, you know, 20 years after that song came out. And what's interesting to me about Eminem is that along with just how enormous he was, and again, it was, I don't know if in my lifetime that I can recall well, many pop stars being that popular for like a two or three year stretch, but certainly rappers. I feel like that mass media machine was was still churning. So he was really huge. And normally, especially in hip hop, you expect some sort of decline to come into play by the time of like your fourth or fifth album. And it seemed like it was going to do that with Eminem around the time of Relapse, which came out in 2009. That was like his first record in five years. And then he just has this incredible kind of revival in 2010. Puts out Recovery. It's a huge hit. And it sets him up for this decade in the 2010s where he's not as big as he was, maybe in the early aughts. But he's still like a pretty popular rapper. And he's maintained this position in the culture where other people that have come along that you would think might have replaced him, 
they've failed. Like he's still hung around, even as he's moved into his like late 40s now, which I believe sets the stage for Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> one of the <laughs> would-be challengers to Eminem's crown. Um, and uh, it hasn't really worked out that way for him, has it? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, in fact, at this point, it seems like he's best known for feuding with Eminem, which is probably not how he, he really wanted that whole thing to go. Well, I got to say, like, OK, going into this episode, I had never heard a Machine Gun Kelly song, or at least that I was aware of. Uh, I realized that there was one song that he did that I was, that I was familiar with, which is the song Bad Things. It was a duet with uh, Camilla Caballo, which came out, I think, a couple years ago. And I know it because that song essentially lifted the melody from a song called Out of My Head by the 90s alt-rock band Fastball. Of the way <laughs> I am fame. forever a Gen Xer. <laughs> yeah, of the way. And although I always thought Out of My Head was the better song. It was like oh, yeah. the second or third single from that album. Um, this nice little organ pop soul uh, record. Wait, what was that record? Uh, All the pain so, money can buy? Something like that. All the pain yeah, money can buy. Yes, shout out to Fastball. <laughs> uh, so I knew Machine Gun Kelly from that. Otherwise, I just knew him from his acting work. Like he plays Tommy Lee in the uh, Motley Crue biopic, The Dirt. Terrible movie, by the way, which you can watch on Netflix. Um, and he was also in the Cameron Crowe show about roadies, which oh, I yeah. believe was called Roadies. I believe you're right. He does a monologue about Mike McCready. <laughs> in that show <laughs> that I remember. So I mostly knew him as dating Amber Rose. That was my main uh, after after Wiz Khalifa. My knowledge of Machine Gun Kelly's catalog is is, is pretty minimal. Like, like, did you delve deep? Like, do you know more than I do about him? Uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he was born in 1990. I know, right? Yeah, he, he was a Cleveland rapper. He, uh, I did learn that he became the first rapper to win Amateur Night at Harlem's Apollo Theater, which blew my mind. I, I, I checked several sources on that, and that is in fact true. Um, and that kind of and he was a teenager, right? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he, was he like he was like 17, 18? something like that. So he's another Midwest rapper. You know, I, I don't think he's talked a lot about this, but I assume that he, he certainly grew up listening to Eminem. I mean, there's no way he didn't grow up like he would have been 10 years old or so when those records hit like the big first couple records so i'm sure that was not only an influence on him but it might have been like a gateway drug for him and to get into hip-hop i mean has he ever talked about that um i think in the uh in the tweet that sort of started this whole thing off he talks about eminem being a king uh, so he has, uh, in interviews and on social media before their whole feud started, talked about how he he is, you know, his idol, uh, and I think that's probably why he he wanted to take him down. He he, he idolized him so much. I mean, this is you know amateur psychologist, but uh, he, he wanted that position for himself. I think. But uh, but yeah, we should dive into the actual feud, which uh, started in May 2012. There is a viral photo of uh, Eminem's now 16-year-old daughter, Haley, that went viral. And, uh, and you know, it's one of those posts that were always said, like, want to feel old? Check out Eminem's daughter, Haley, now. And, um, and it, it was making the rounds. And uh, Machine Gun Kelly apparently saw it and wrote that Eminem's daughter is hot as fuck. And she was 16 and he was in his um, mid-20s, I believe. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier about just like the wonderful people that we're going to be talking about in this episode. Yes. And uh, yeah, that that's uh, talking about the Eminem. And normally you feel like, okay, Eminem, he's often in the wrong maybe with his, with his rivalries and like his smack talking with other people. But um, I feel like, yeah, if someone tells your daughter that she's hot as fuck. Your 16-year-old daughter, words, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be wrong. And and again, like, you know, and this was around the time that he was trying to get his career going too, right? I mean, he had a record, I think, that came out around 2012. Um, yeah, yeah, this is very, very early in Machine Gun Kelly's career. So I, yeah. yeah. So, so, so he's kind of reaching out to the King's daughter here. And, you know, and we alluded to this earlier, but, you know, Eminem, you would think that by 2012 that he would have been off the stage and that this young up-and-coming guy from Cleveland, you know, who has some skills as a rapper. I mean, as you said, he won the Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater. And you think, okay, Eminem's going. He's he's going to exit the white rapper lane, and uh, I'm going to go in there. You know, if you're thinking that, like Machine Gun Kelly, that's his, that's probably what he was thinking at the time. And uh, I personally don't think there was a deeper thought behind this tweet. I, I don't think there was any kind of, of, of deeper, deeper feeling behind this. I, I think it was just a, p- a pure impulse. Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously referring to anybody's teenage daughter in these terms on a public forum isn't the best thing you could be doing. In fact, I would argue it, it's a not good thing that you're doing. But this is Eminem we're talking yeah. about, who, you know, has been known for writing rap verses about killing people and having sex with their skulls for significantly less than referring to his daughter in these very uh, ungallant terms. So don't he's poking the bear. He's poking the bear here. And it's a bear bear that he idolizes. So I don't really understand what he thought was going to happen. Well, I think, I think in his mind he probably thought, well, okay, Eminem is going to fade. I'm coming up and we'll have like a little back and forth and it will help me because I'm the young guy and Eminem will go down. But what's weird about this is that he doesn't go down. Yeah. His Pavlovian need to respond to any sort of slight. He doesn't respond to this. And I wonder if maybe he didn't even notice it. You know, maybe he had like really good blockers on his, uh, Twitter, you know, like a really good filter that like the machine gun Kelly tweets don't go through (laughs) because, um, there's like really no response to this at all. And it doesn't really continue for like, until like three years later. Well, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly goes on um, Hot 97 and he talks about how he believes that Eminem had him banned from Shade 45, presumably due to this tweet. And, um, and Shade 45 is, is Eminem's serious radio station, yes. by the way. And he, he's convinced that he's been uh, banned from it because of this. And uh, apparently that's what really pissed Eminem off the most, was that this kid thought that he would be he would get to Eminem to the degree where he would he would have him blacklisted. I guess that's the thing that really offended him most. Yeah, that's another interesting wrinkle here because, you know, Eminem ended up doing an interview um, several years later after all this happened. By the way, this, this 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 rivalry moves at a snail's pace, by the way. This is like the, you know, the gone with the wind of musical, <laughs> of, of rap rivalries. Well, it's a slow build and then forever. it exponentially goes. Very slow build. But anyway, Eminem did an interview with Sway Many years later, and he said that it wasn't the fact that Machine Gun Kelly said his daughter was hot as fuck <laughs> that made him mad. <laughs> it was the fact that you, like you just said, that that Machine Gun Kelly was shooting his mouth off and saying that Eminem was like trying to somehow hurt his career, and Eminem was like, "I don't care about your career. 
Why would I care about your career? I'm an M&M I'm and you're Machine Gun Kelly. Like, there's really nothing to stop with your career. It's like, you think uh, I, think I think about actually, you? I don't think about you at all. Yes, he's giving him the Don Draper treatment, right? yeah. you know, in, in the elevator. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't think of you at all, which I think is a pretty plausible explanation. Yeah. Again, he seems weirdly cool with the Haley stuff. It's like, I think you were justified in getting pissed off about that. But, you know. If this is the thing you're mad about, I guess that's fine. All right, hang on. We'll be right back with more Rivals. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Even after... Machine Gun Kelly says this stuff about Eminem's trying to hurt my career. Eminem's still not saying anything. Skip ahead another three years, okay? So we've gone six years now since the initial volley, and we finally get to a diss track. (laughs) The first diss track of this rivalry, and this is where things start to pick up a little bit. So like in March of 2018, Machine Gun Kelly appears on a song by Tech 9 called No Reason. And he appears to reference the Eminem uh, single Rap God from 2013, 
which is a pretty crappy song, by the way. Do you know Wrath God? <laughs> yes. Uh, not one of his think, better ones, no. No, I think that's from like the Marshall Mathers the sequel part two, yeah. which if you're making sequels to albums, that's not that's a, a good That's part a bad sign. Career. That's a bad sign. I mean, and also just, he did The Monster, which I thought was a sequel to Love the Way You Lie with Rihanna, which I think was a much better song than uh, The Monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, like it's like Meatloaf did sequels to his albums. And it's like you're following in Meatloaf's footsteps. And actually, Meatloaf, in defense of Meatloaf, the Bad Out of Hell <laughs> saga, it demanded a sequel. But like the Marshall Mathers saga, I don't think really needed a sequel. No. It just seems like a cash-in. I would like to say, I would, if you if you do a memoir, I would like your memoir to be titled In Defense of Meatloaf. I, well, and I'm also defending Jim Steinman, by the <laughs> right. way. Shout out to Jim Steinman. I just watched the classic Shout, albums shout out to Jim that. Steinman if you're listening to this episode. So this is the lyric where Machine Gun Kelly takes a shot at Eminem. He says... I pop cherries and pop stars. You popsicles is not hard. Popped in and out of the top charts out the cop car to remind y'all you just rap. You're not God. And I don't care who got bars. I think that- now, Jordan, I want you to be honest with me. <laughs> I, need, I need to be honest with me here. Um, how stupid do I sound reciting Machine Gun Kelly lyrics on a scale of one to ten? 10 being extremely stupid. Um, I don't think you would have won Amateur Night at, uh, against Machine Gun Kelly at the Apollo. Let me put it that way. Okay. I, I, my flow is not very good, but I'm, I'm going to criticize the emotion was there. The, the material was there. there. Yeah, I, I, the material was not that great. But anyway, um, so Eminem hears this. He hears Machine Gun Kelly saying, you popsicles is not hard. <laughs> and this is finally the thing. The popsicle line, this is finally the thing that sets Eminem off. Uh, he's finally going to respond to Machine Gun Kelly six years after the initial transgression by Machine Gun Kelly. It happens in August of 2018. And it's it's from a song called Not Alike. It's a collaboration with Royce the Five Nine. Is it five inch, five feet, nine inch? I, I think. I don't it, know Royce. I, I'm not sure. I think it was Royce the Five Nine. But, okay, Royce the Five Nine. But he's very I'm proud sorry. of his height. Any Royce the Five Nine. In this song, he says, but next time you don't got to use Tech 9 if you want to come at me with a submachine gun and I'm talking to you, but you already know who the fuck you are, Kelly. I don't use sublims. Is it sublims? Subliminal, yeah, sublims, yeah. Is it okay? So it's sort of like a little. Uh, like an abbreviate, yeah. Is that like a common thing? I've never heard someone say sublims. I've before. never done that, but. I sound like the most middle aged white dude of all time <laughs> talking about this right now. I apologize, but I, I, I got to come correct and say. I got to question Sublims. Anyway, Sublims, and sure as fuck, don't sneak this, but keep commenting on my daughter Haley, referencing that whole mess. I keep on telling motherfuckers, bitches, in case you forgot. We're going to need that little explicit sticker on this episode, by the way. I think we've already said some pretty big swears. I don't know. Hopefully your kids are not listening to this episode. Anyway, the only thing we have in common is I'm a dick and you suck. <laughs> oh, man. I don't feel good. I don't feel good saying that last part. That No. I definitely, uh, yeah, I, I feel terrible about that. Um, what's funny about this is like, okay, this was a Tech 9 track. And apparently Tech 9 didn't know that he was talking about Eminem. So then like he like totally like threw Machine Gun Kelly under the bus. Isn't that what happened? Oh, yeah. He, he uh, Instagrams a text screenshot between him and the producer saying, oh, my God, I had no idea he was talking about M, which kind of has a little bit of the, it smacks of, you know, he doth protest too much a little bit. But uh, 
pretty, pretty funny. So yeah, like Machine Gun Kelly, he's just totally on an island at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like Eminem. He's finally gotten Eminem's attention, and not only did Eminem, and everybody's just left him. Yeah, exactly, and and because they all know, it's like, wait, why am I with Machine Gun Kelly when I could piss off Eminem? That's not good for me, you know. That's just smart thinking on Tech Nine's part. So Machine Gun Kelly, instead of crawling back under the rock where he maybe maybe he should have stayed, he comes back. He goes nuclear at Eminem. Yeah, and and this is like his magnum opus. Can we call it that? This is yeah. I I would I mean, say so. I, I I have a hard time imagining that he's going to top this. But hey, I'd love to be proven wrong. I mean, this is. It's certainly like the I think the most famous song of this rivalry. Like this is the first song that I remember hearing about. Um, like when these two were squabbling. So it was, you know, this was the song, and I'm, I'm referring to "Rap Devil," by the way, which came out in September of 2018. I feel like this was the first song to sort of transcend maybe like the the rap circles where people were, you know, mildly interested in this. Well, it's important <laughs> I don't to know, know that on the this came seat. out like maybe a week and a half after um, after Not Alike. It was, it was the turnaround rate was really quick. Now this is when the feud starts picking up. Exactly, because we've you know as we've said, it took forever to get this you know, for this to get going. You know, I, I think I said Gone with the Wind earlier. It's sort of like a Lord of the Rings movie, maybe. <laughs> you know, to use a more topical reference. You know, it's like okay, we're finally getting to the battle. Like we've we've been in the Shire for like an hour and a half. You know, like, but we're finally getting to the good stuff. And so yeah, Rap Devil comes out a you know a week and a half. After Eminem's volley, and uh, I got to say that there are some lines in the song that I think are pretty good. Like, okay, so at the beginning he says, "I." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually I, very good. Yeah, yeah. Someone needs to like record me reciting these lyrics and like put like a rap beat under it, you know, and just it's like like the worst hip hop song of all time. Um, I somebody grab him some clippers. His fucking beard is weird. <laughs> now, I think that's an app. I think that's an app criticism. Yes. You know, by this time, you know, Eminem, he uh, he emerged with this beard that, um, you know, it made him. It looked I, I painted on. It, it looked like one of those dolls that have a beard. But then there's like if you can wash it off with water. It, it was kind of like that. Right. You know, and look, he's a guy in his 40s. So he has like the the 40 ish guy bod at this point too so it's it's hanging out a little bit and he has the beard and he kind of looks like a guy like it looks like he should be in three doors down or shine down or like one of those bands you know like just like the like the one of the like we're just guys being dudes type bands that's what he looks like at this is point this, so, is this you know, the song where he makes fun of his sweatpants too or a sweatsuit i think it's the song he makes fun of his sweatsuit in this song too yeah, which again, apt criticism. You know, we've been taking a lot of shots at Machine Gun Kelly, but there's in Rap Double, he really does step up. Okay, there's another line here. He says, "Took you six years and a surprise album just to come up with a diss." Apt criticism. Very good. Very good. Point. Well done. Yeah. Fucking dweeb. <laughs> All you do is read the dictionary and stay inside. <laughs> well, I don't. I I don't think it's a bad thing to read the you know dictionary and try to improve your vocabulary. I mean, you know, that's a that, these are pro- positive attributes, especially as one ages into middle age. It's how you so, become a better rapper. Machine, it's practice. Exactly. I'm I'm gonna uh, deduct some points for that one. 
so yeah, yeah, he makes fun of the sweatsuits, as you said, and he makes fun of Eminem's corny hats. You know, he makes fun of his heights. He, uh, he calls him Oscar the Grouch and then makes fun of him for being an Oscar winner, which again, it's like, how many people are Oscar winners? You know, I don't know if that's something you should make fun of someone about. But anyway, threatens to call M's, uh, his, his ex-wife, presumably, uh, to do all sorts of things that you wouldn't want someone like Machine Gun Kelly to do to your ex-wife. Um, what, what's your favorite line from the song? Because like, you have a line that you that you love. From this, oh man! I mean, my favorite is the is the, all you do is read the dictionary and stay inside. I just think that's that's pretty choice in this. Well, because we were talking about this before, and on our outline, you said you love the line. Last time you saw Eight Mile was at home on a treadmill. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is a good line. Well, that's a great Again, yeah. Okay, so I was kind of mad at Machine Gun Kelly for the dictionary line, and also for making fun of the Oscar. You know, because I feel like you're. I think you're out of your depth there. But yeah, the treadmill line. And the line about uh, the beard, I think he's right on. So this is like where uh, he's kind of hitting his peak, I think, with, with Rap Double. Oh, absolutely. And the best um, part is he shares the song with a sort of manifesto posted on Twitter. Machine Gun Kelly does. He says, I'm standing up not just for myself, but my generation. And he's now he's addressing Eminem. <laughs> right. I mean, the, this he's, he's criticizing somebody's you know love of the dictionary for his generation. Um, well, again, I mean, I, but I think it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning where on his part, and this might have been subliminal on some level, that he felt like, well, it's my generation's turn to have the spotlight. It's my turn, basically, to be the reigning, you know, white guy, surly, uh, tattooed, you know, grumpy guy at the top of the rap heap. Get out of the way, Grandpa. And Grandpa won't leave because he's just way better than him. And and, the, and that's his frustration with that. And it becomes this sort of generational uh, battle. Eminem's official response to this comes very soon after. September, it's like mid-September of 2018. I guess it's about a week and a half again after uh, Rap Devil comes out. So we're, we're really moving at a quick pace here. And he puts out the song Kill Shot. And man, this song's awful too. God, this is a. I gotta say, I think like Rap Devil is like my favorite song out of this whole run. Even though I think Eminem would win this battle uh, overall, because I mean, Kill Shot sucks. Even even if like Eminem is in the right for going back at Machine Gun Kelly, like this is uh, there's this line. He says, "Here's that autograph for your daughter. I wrote it on a starter cap." Stand, son. Listen, man. Dead isn't mad, but how are you gonna name yourself after a damn gun? And have a man bun. Ugh. I mean, if you're going to make fun Ugh. of a man's beard and sweatsuit, a man bun comment is probably going to come your way. I guess, but... This is Eminem, He's punching down. This is Eminem. He's punching down. He's punching down, and he's also rhyming damn gun and man bun. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. And also, he, he's dragging a bunch of innocent women into this. He's talking about Rihanna, Iggy Azalea, uh, Halsey, who I guess... Um, Machine Gun Kelly had some kind of relationship with. Um, yeah, it, it, it's punching down all around. But he does have a really good sort of death blow in it. He says, I'd rather be 80-year-old me than 20-year-old you. Which, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's game, set, match right there, I think. Even if he is talking about man buns, you know, it's still better to be Eminem at this point. We're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor before we get to more Rivals. 
My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. After Killshot... Uh, this whole rivalry is starting to lose some steam. And I feel like uh, in the way that Machine Gun Kelly responded to this, he was letting, I think, some of the hurt come out. Uh, that, uh, you know, I think he really just wanted acknowledgement from Eminem and maybe for them to throw some volleys back and forth good-naturedly and ultimately be friends. Whereas Eminem is just annoyed by this guy and wants nothing to do with him. You know, you're right. When when he put that message out on Twitter, when he put Rap Devil out, he said, I'm doing the same thing you did back in the day. And and reading it in context, it seems like he's saying like, you know, I'm, I'm just responding the way you would have. But kind of looking back on it from the stuff that he says later, it almost seems like he is looking for his approval. He's saying, I'm, I'm doing, look, I'm, aren't you proud of me for on some level for coming at you the way you would have back in the day? Uh, don't you see something right. in me? Don't you see me as a young you in any kind of way? Because he does say he, in an interview in The Breakfast Club um, after Killshot comes out, he basically says, yeah, you know, I have another song, another diss track ready to go. But Killshot was so weak that we're just I'm just going to holster that. I'm going to put that away for later because I, I don't want to do that to him because he's so pathetic. And he says, I really just wanted to talk to him, to have a conversation, to hash it out as two guys. And 
Eminem never responded. So he says, you know, you know what? He blew it. He blew it. I'm 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 done with him. Uh, which is is sad, as you said. It's almost like he did want some kind of recognition from his hero, and it never it never came. He got the diss track and nothing else. And there was also that weird thing about like Machine Gun Kelly's entourage beating up a guy oh, who's on the right. Netflix show Ozark. <laughs> yeah, like because like uh, it was like it was Gabriel Girod Rodriguez, who's an actor. He's on that that show Ozark, and apparently he like videotaped himself. Calling Machine Gun Kelly a pussy, and then he said it. He said it wasn't right for Machine Gun Kelly to go for Eminem's family, which I mean is a, is a fair criticism. Right. And then I guess uh, Machine Gun Kelly's security team jumped him uh, in the parking lot of a Hampton Inn in Atlanta, right. I believe. Which you know, of all the terrible things that have happened in the parking lot of a Hampton Inn in Atlanta, that that's, that's high it, on the that, list. That at least makes the top one hundred. Yeah, it at least makes the top one hundred. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we're really seeing a real de-evolution at this point. And finally, in, in January 2020, uh, Eminem puts out the song Accommodating. It's a track on his surprise album, Music To Be Murdered By. Have you listened to Music To Be Murdered By, by the way? Did you put that record on at all? I put it on once right when it came out. I, I, I skimmed it. I didn't get too deep into it. I, uh, I gave myself a treat by not listening to it. I'm like, I'm going to treat myself by not listening to this record. Uh, self-care not listening to Eminem self-care yeah so Eminem he takes another shot at Machine Gun Kelly I don't know why at this point he's saying I won't topple I'm not giving it to anyone who want to come and get it I'm not gonna stop but when they ask me is the war finished with MGK of course it is I cleanse them of his mortal sins I'm God and the Lord forgives even the Lord, even the devil worshippers, I'm moving on. But you know your scruples are gone when you're born with Lucifer's horns. So he says he's done with it. But then he says, "Oh, by the way, Machine Gun Kelly, you're the devil." <laughs> so I'm done with you. But in closing, you're you're literally Satan. Uh, well, also, it's not so, even really a know. criticism. I mean, if he, Machine Gun Kelly had the song "Rap Devil," in which he identifies himself as the Rap Devil. So in a way. It's just kind of like restating. Do you think so? Yeah, you I think mean, it's just sort of like tying a bow right, <laughs> on it and saying, uh, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't really care at this point. <laughs> well, that's the thing about feuds. They continue whether we want them to or not. And this feud has kept going. It's uh, if the world didn't have enough problems already. Right. You know, we can't have a moment's peace anywhere we go. But the best part is Machine Gun Kelly hears unaccommodating and, and he's not happy. And he tweets about it saying, Mad AF, I just stepped out of a loud room to hear this bullshit, which may be a new low in hip hop trash talk when you think about it. Like, I'm so mad, I'm going to leave the room I'm in right now. <laughs> well, then, okay, so then he drops this song in March called Bullets With Names. Have you, have you heard this song? I, I have. It has some, this song takes me to a bad place, Stephen. I have to say, it really does. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, all right. Because I guess I'm the one who has to read all the Machine Gun Kelly lyrics. So I, I will go through this one as well. He says, look, I got a bullet with somebody's name on it. I get up on him. Killed me a goat. G-O-A-T as in greatest of the of all time. So my jacket got stains on it. Wiping my nose like I got some cocaine on it. 
<sighs> yada 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 yada. So I he just he just decides again, Machine Gun Kelly, to perpetuate this meaningless feud. Which you know is pretty weird because as far as like valedictory diss tracks go, unaccommodating was pretty zen, especially for Eminem. I mean, he's citing forgiveness and moving on. Like, those are definitely new words in the M palette. I feel like the M of old would have had at least, like, you know, one uncomplimentary reference to Machine Gun Kelly's mother or something in there. But So we should have just let it lie. Yeah, but, you know, we can't ever let things lie on this show. (laughs) (laughs) People have to feud or else we wouldn't have anything to talk about. So let's try to find meaning in this meaningless feud. If you were going to make a pro-Machine Gun Kelly case. I mean, like, what would it be? I mean, is it is it essentially that he was just like this kid that wanted attention and Eminem overreacted? I mean, is that his case, basically? I don't know, man. I mean, talking about someone's daughter... Uh, you're seeding, you're seeding, you're seeding the high ground to Eminem, which, which can be very hard to do. Um, but something that's interesting is that there are a lot of sort of online Twitter conspiracy theorists who think that this whole thing was staged and there's actually some kind of compelling evidence too, I guess that, um, Rap Devil was uploaded to SoundCloud six months before it was released, but then it was immediately put to private. So there are a lot of people who think that this whole thing is just a giant act to try to boost uh, Machine Gun Kelly's career. They're on the same uh, label, Interscope. And I think that at least two of the um, of the diss tracks, Not Alike and Rap Devil, have the same producer. I forget his name. But uh, so there, there's some evidence to support that, which is interesting, compelling. Don't know if it's true or not, but... Um, but okay, arguing for Machine Gun Kelly, man, I, yeah, I, I you, <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the case is that he's just like this kid that was trying to get attention, and even if it's staged, which even makes talking about this a bigger waste of time, right? But even if it is staged, I think it does point to the fact that that he had nothing to lose really by doing this. That I mean, unless you want to count his dignity, you know, he had his <laughs> dignity to lose. But I don't know if he had dignity. Probably not. So it was, you know, taking a shot at Eminem. Um, there's really no downside for him because either way, if if it if it works, it helps his career. If it doesn't work, well, he already doesn't have a great career to begin with. I don't um, know though. I mean, is it is it worse to be known for just taking shots? at a much more famous and successful and talented person. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that almost yeah. feels worse. Like, <laughs> like, is it worse to not be well, famous or known as some famous person's flunky? You know, I'd almost prefer anonymity. Well, in a way, you know, Machine Gun Kelly, I think, benefited from Eminem getting worse as the 2010s wore on. <laughs> because true. I think one reason why Rap Devil works, I think, relatively speaking, like, I'm not saying Rap Devil was a great diss track or, or a great song or anything, but in the the realm of this exceedingly stupid rivalry between these very, one guy, you know, Eminem's very talented, but he's, like, maybe not the best guy. But um, I think one reason why that works is because Eminem actually did become someone that you could make fun of, like, fairly easily. Like, there were a lot of things about him that were pretty mockable, uh, you know, starting with the beard that's weird. And, you know, his his corny hats and and, and and the list goes on forever. Like all the sort of corniness that I think Eminem inevitably sort of uh, devolved into as he got older. 
but the gap between these two guys, it never was going to close enough for Machine Gun Kelly to bridge the gap. You know, even if like Eminem became someone that was easier to make fun of, um, he was, as you said, always going to be way more successful, way more famous and, and, and more talented. So I guess coming into the conclusion of this, <laughs> this is the part of the episode where we like to sort of step back and say, what have we learned? What can we take from this story to improve ourselves? And what can we say to perhaps spark reconciliation between these two opposing forces, you know, who have been battling in this case, battling throughout the 2010s and into the early twenties. But I'm really tempted to say that these guys should not be friends and maybe no one should be friends with either one of them. (laughs) Well, I think maybe a broader theme in this whole real or staged uh, rap battle is uh, what does what does a rap feud mean in 2020 now? Are they kind of a played out, spent thing? Have they been is something that started as a very real um, competition between two artistic, talented people uh, devolved into a way to basically just sell albums? Yeah, I mean, I think that for something like this to work, you definitely need two people that are on a similar plane. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have that and you have this situation where it's either it feels trumped up or it's just flat out staged, you know, as the conspiracy theorists say, um, all the noise in the world isn't going to make it compelling enough as a battle for people to really kind of invest themselves in it as we do with the great rivalries. So in a way, this is sort of like a meta rivalry. It's a comment. It's a commentary on like how rivalries maybe have changed over the course of the last several decades in, in pop music history. Um, I also feel like the lesson here for anyone, and it applies to pop stars and it applies to us normal people. Don't feed the trolls. (laughs) If you have a troll, don't feed the trolls. And really, Eminem went a long time without feeding the trolls. You know, he blew a lot of stuff off, either knowingly or just because he was in a different stratosphere from Machine Gun Kelly and he didn't even notice what was happening. But in a way, when he opened his mouth, he made himself look stupid. You know, he he, kind of seemed cooler when he wasn't responding to this stuff. And then when he responded to it, um, he seemed kind of oafish. And he addressed that too in interviews. He would say, he would say, you know, I'm in this weird position where if I don't say anything, it's going to look like he won. But if I say something, it's giving him all sorts of validation, not to mention attention and making him way more famous. So he was in a, a, a difficult position, specifically him. I mean, he's not, if, if we can just avoid trolls because nobody cares, but being Eminem and having somebody take shots at you, even if it is somebody who's comparatively a flea like Machine Gun Kelly, it, it, it does, uh, his psyche, I don't think will allow it. In this way, Eminem is all of us because we all say don't feed the trolls, but then we all kind of have our weak spots and we give in. And it's like in, even as he was doing it, he knew it. Like, shouldn't be doing this. I'm making a mistake, but I'm still going to take a shot at his man bun. I'm still going to do it. And he did it and it was a mistake. So we'll live and learn. We all make mistakes. We can learn. So, so maybe we can learn from that. This is what we'll take from this episode. You know, don't feed the trolls. If there's a, an annoying person in your life, ignore them. Don't make fun of their ponytail on top of their head. Uh, move on. And we'll all be happy. We won't be like Eminem and the Machine Gun Kelly, which is really, I think, 
the point of all of our existences. Everybody, just wear your man buns and your weird beards with pride. <laughs> it's all good. It's all love. I think inadvertently we've we've arrived at the uh, the message of reconciliation and peace that I didn't think we were going to get to in this episode. But you know, I think that's it. Weird beards and man buns join join hands, live together join side by hair side. Hair strands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. Well, I'm going to go take a shower now, as I said. And I'm going to forget that I recited all these Machine Gun Kelly lyrics in in a public forum. I'm going to go chop up some beats and put it over them. (laughs) All right, man. Well, until next week. All right. Looking forward to it. Rivals is a production of iHeartRadio. The executive producers are Sean Titone and Noel Brown. The supervising producers are Taylor Shacoin and Tristan McNeil. I'm Jordan Runtalk. And I'm Stephen Hyden. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.